what's going down, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another issue of the Comic Boogies Podcast. Episode 88 is here. Thank you so much for joining us, subscribing, downloading, and listening. Plenty to get into this week, colliding the worlds of sports and comics. On the comic side this week, we have plenty of books coming out this week from your big and smaller publishers. And we have some news, both in the video game world, and we lose two iconic figures in TV from decades past. And over on the sports side, we talk about NFL Week 10, NCAA football, who will, at the end of the season, make the final four, and we go ahead and put an end to the NASCAR season of 2020 with Chase Elliott as your champion. All of that and some comic bookie history on this episode of the Comic Bookies Podcast. Everyone sit back, relax, and thank you for joining us. Let's go. Well, this week, it may be only two of us, but you're still going to get the same fire episode as you do each and every week. Welcome again to the Complicates Podcast. My name is Mike. His name is Mark, and we are brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Today, November 11th, 2020, is New Comic Book Day. Go out and get your books. I don't even care if you have a subscription or if you don't. Right now, if you've never read a comic, go out there. Look at the websites. There's plenty of them that you can get new books. And please get into some of these fire books, and we're going to get into very shortly. But Mark, what's going on, bro? How's your week been so far? What is up, brother? My week has been decent. It's going. It's hump day. And we can't get past our introduction without saying happy Veterans Day to all of these veterans in this great country of ours. Uh you guys will be listening to this and it will be past Veterans Day, but nonetheless, do us do us at the Comic Bookies podcast have to give our salute to those who have served for this gate country to keep our sovereignty free. So thank you to all. If uh, any of you comic bookie fans got a loved one or you guys currently serving or if you guys know anyone that has served, if you guys have any background in the military, uh, congratulate them, thank them, shake their hand, give them a hug. Uh, mask and all, I don't give a damn, but they uh, keep this country rolling. And in dire times that we have seen this whole uh, year at that, uh, those are the type of people that we need standing behind us and our backs and keeping us free. So thank you, guys. We appreciate it here at the Comic Bookies Podcast. What is up, Mike? Shoot, I was just going to say, and if, if there's anybody who's still serving, what better way to pass the time when you're not doing too much out there, you know, overseas and whatnot, than to... Uh, Download and follow us, bro. Definitely. Not to say that they're not doing too much because they always got to <laughs> no, be on their they got us. They got to be on their P's and Q's to keep us safe out here on the mainland and whatnot. But uh, just keep doing your thing. Keep reading your books. I'm pretty sure we can get Alex to maybe ship some to wherever you guys are at if you guys need them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> get you a couple of trades out there. Pass the time. We got a couple uh, stuff we're going to talk about today. But nah, man, it's been good. Uh, weather's getting chilly, like I might have mentioned last week, but I think we're going to get some rain here in the Northern California Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just it's just uh, rolling along with the punches. Already heard that the that the effects of COVID's are already starting to hit this uh, state of ours. This uh, nice yeah, unfortunately. Uh, Golden Gate is uh, about to go up in price as if it's probably not the most expensive bridge to cross in the whole damn United States. I mean, you can drive all the way from Miami to uh, to um, Key Largo or whatever, right? Uh, Key West, 
and uh, through all that water and all those little islands down there for for free probably i've never done it but i doubt that you might have to pay a couple dollars to get there but i'm not sure this golden gate is getting ridiculous to cross but nonetheless uh it's been cool out here man i just hope that uh the country keeps it together and that we do too man and that we deliver a fire 88th episode of the comic bookies man damn we're 12 away from 100 that's gonna be crazy it's we're we're not gonna hit it in 2020 uh, 2021 watch out episode 100 here we come but man and i've it's been reading crazy. it's crazy how they just kind of like it's like they build up but it seems kind of like slowish in a way when you see these other ones that have had like 500 a thousand episodes 200 oh, like but you know what we're still in the game we got in the game in early 2019 we've been doing good we've been growing our fan base and you know it's just uh we're in a space now that millions of people are in but the you know the the internet is still growing believe it or not we we here in america get spoiled a lot of other countries are spoiled but believe it or not there's still a lot of people around this globe in this great wonderful world of ours that still do not have access to the internet people like uh, my my cousin elon musk are out there trying to like you know, do those Starlink missions and and provide Internet to people all over the world that aren't that can't, you know, don't have it. So shout out to him. Shout out to try to, you know, make more people aware of, you know, great things out here. Or it could be bad things as well. But our comic bookie podcast is something good that we like to share to more and more people all over the globe. So, yeah, man, just keep uh, doing a thing and keep uh keep keep bringing it man but yeah bro so starting off in comics uh this week dude i've been getting so many goddamn books i feel that you know it's such a blessing to get these previews and to have a sponsorship with treasure island but man i feel man once we got previews i've I've, it's like a it's a blessing to get you know to kind of discover all these books from idw and image and shoot aftershock and antarctic press and source point press and everything but dude Holy crap! I don't think I'm ever gonna touch these books behind me in, in my, you know, in my cabinet. The Walking Dead, my uh, Umbrella Academy, my Deadly Class. Like, dude, when the hell am I gonna get time to finish this? Because as soon as I finished Batman, which was last night, boom, here comes Wednesday and 12 more books. It's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely been really crazy. And what's even crazier that I just brought my list in from uh, the last previews. Uh, issue i brought that into alex over at treasure island today for him to put my books on order you know for the ones that are going to show up in around january and whatnot and uh, it's been a little bit tough tough sledding to try to find them in the last two previews but this one in my opinion kind of came with it albeit i i did get a couple uh books from my daughter the little she's not going to hear this so i can say you know i got her that little tom and jerry <laughs> they got that little oh, the yeah. gold the L- golden gold book books, tom. Yeah. <laughs> i got her the other one as well that's not a golden book got her a little uh wonder woman book as well kind of starting into reading so i mean dude it's great I- i'm so glad that i did get put on previews any of you comic bookie fans out there if you guys have a pull list if you guys are uh, avid comic book uh, aficionados comic book shops where you guys go religiously 
like us three do here in the podcast. Uh, if you guys do, I would recommend to ask your guy or the owner to try to get you guys previews. It doesn't cost that much. It's a huge book. And there's stuff in there that this is what we're reading. You know, this is where we get our ideas from and what we want to read. And like I said, there's stuff that I normally would never even think about getting. They even have uh that like what what is it Mike like an anime type it must be like some Japanese publishers mm-hmm. I'd yeah, say it, it, it's called manga or whatever yeah it's like the comic book side but it's like Japanese so it's like you know you have your people who are huge fans of Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon and and Dragon Ball Z and stuff they also have that type of stuff in comic book form as well and, and there's a huge I have a guy at work and he loves that that that's one of the main things too. that he read that, that he a, reads you know I have a girl at work and she's like way into like that anime type of stuff so mm-hmm. yeah yeah I yeah. mean we kind of skip through it I'd say I mean I personally do it's not really my cup of tea but hey there's something in there for everyone, and I'd suggest that, you know, like I said, pick it up if you can. Uh, it gives you all types of ideas on indie stuff to read. Hey, I even told Mike earlier, who knows? I'm getting a damn Archie comic. Who would ever thought of that? <laughs> right. I mean, Archie, and I think I'm going to get my – I think I got my first IDW as well coming down. Nice. So this week, and yeah, I mean, I'm still, still, you know, opening my horizons to all these different publishers, Mikey. Yep. Yes, sir. So let's go ahead and preview some of the books that came out today. Uh, DC side, you have Detective Comics 1030, The Flash 765, Superman 27, Wonder Woman 766, and I know I'm excited for this one, Punchline Special. It's a one-shot, but it should be good. Give us a little backstory and kind of, you know, a reintroduction of Miss Punchline. On the Marvel side, The Amazing Spider-Man 52, Wolverine 7, Excalibur 14, Star Wars Darth Vader 7, and Strange Academy number 5. And uh, just to preview some of the smaller publishers, Boom Studios, we only find them when they're dead, number 3, and Seven Secrets from Tom Taylor, number 4. Image, Getting It Together, number 2. I know I think, Mark, you, you are subscribed to that one. IDW, I think both of us got Scarant Hood number one and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 111, 111. And finally, only one book out from one of our favorite publishers, um, AWA American Ronin number two. So anything from that list, Mark, um, anything you liked, let's get into it. Just throw something out there, anything you're excited for this week or what you read from last week. Oh, man. What do you want to do? You want to do last week? You want to do this week? Uh, I'd I mean, say, I mean, I mean, let's go ahead and do this week just because I just kind of mentioned them. Like, what are you excited for that you got? You know, actually, I didn't even mention it, but Antarctic Press, you have Hot Valley Days and Cocaine Nights. Just the title alone, I had to get it. But it kind of felt from the synopsis that I read on online, it kind of I, I kind of had a feeling of a, you know, like a Grand Theft Auto Vice City type feel, you know, we did. I mean, uh, for some reason, I thought that this book – didn't we think this book was going to come out a week or two ago for some reason, and it came out now? I thought it was two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, – in October 2020, I think it was supposed to come out saying here, and it's just – it's a part – three-part series i mean how could you not pick up something like this i just mentioned that you know pick up previews for a reason and this is why because if you're not if you're not really in tune with it you're gonna like kind of miss something like this and let me tell you mike and i thought that this book was a damn trade paperback because it was so damn thick but it's a 32 page 399 us dollar book and it's just a 15 year old girl 
You know, then she's back in 78, you know, she hitchhiked from Ohio to L.A. Mike and I obviously haven't read it. We just picked it up a couple hours ago, recording this on the 11th of November 2020. But, yeah, I think it's going to be kind of fun. It kind of goes in line with some of the stuff that I've gotten that we've gotten. Sorry, from SourcePoint Press or some of these smaller publishers that are only three issues. But I mean. Sometimes there's a little bit left to be desired in these three issue series, but I think it's going to be kind of excited. So I'm definitely really excited for this one, Mike. Like you said, it's from Antarctic Press, uh, Matthew uh, Spaldrin, Spaldrin and uh, Fareed Karami on the new dark thriller. Everyone check it out. Like you said, as well, Mike punchline, I think it's going to be great, although I don't know. I mean, do you think it's kind of just a, a, a money grab with this punchline, Mike? This is actually kind of fun. By, um, by the time people listen, I'm sure they're, they might have read it already. But is it going to be a – you think at the end that there's going to be something that propels us going into uh, the new year or the new the new story going forward with Tinyan? Or is it a money grab? What's your thoughts? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if Punchline, like Harley Quinn, kind of get their own little like mini series. But no, I mean, come on, it's DC and Marvel. Of course, you have to think that it's a money grab, you know, with all of these X of Swords. Oh, I only subscribe to X Men. Oh, but in order to understand these 22 freaking issues in one month, you have to be subscribed to eight different stories. You know, like the Punchline special. You know, the the Joker War. You know how they had like the like that, that one shot Joker war was like a couple of different stories that were in the world of Batman now that were written by different, you know, authors. I mean, what I'm reading right now, dark Knight's death metal. There's like, it's like seven or eight issues for the whole story, but I've gotten about a dozen books so far. I have it again here. Dark Knight's death metal, infinite hour, extreme, another just like kind of one shot, but it has to do with the story. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's not written by Scott Snyder. But you have to read it if you want to understand what's to come in Dark Knight's Death Metal number five that I think comes out next week or in two weeks. You know, it's it's you know, of course it's a money grab, but I I just hope that those money grabs are well written stories. And unfortunately, for what I've been just complaining about for the last thirty seconds, usually those one shots are pretty freaking good. Yeah, definitely. The one shots from DC have been pretty good. And with what they're trying to do with this character in Punchline, I believe that they're going to try to make this one good. Uh, We'll give you a better review on it in episode 89. That's going to be one close to Mike and I's heart due to the last time the your Oakland Athletics have won the World Series. So, Mike, don't give me those eyes. Don't give me those eyes from across the basement over there. Don't give me those eyes. But uh, (laughs) American Ronin Mikey, issue two of five, comes out from one of our favorites, our new AWA upshot here. What do you think about this one, man? The first one was pretty good, kind of that uh, spy type of, you know, underground, underworld, assassin, different city, different state, but – different country as well but i think mm-hmm. i think it's gonna be fun dude yeah it's interesting it's gonna be interesting to see those two guys at the end that kind of were like in the background like you know how are they involved and yeah like what's gonna happen with him he's got you know his next target so it's gonna be pretty cool i you know because i like we'll talk about assassin's creed but i just love any type of spy stuff any any type of you know assassin type stories i love it I, like Anything like that kind of grabs my attention when I read the synopsis of a number one. And speaking of 
spy stories and assassin and whatnot we can get into actually some of the books from last week i mean we can kind of go back and forth here if there's something you like coming Mm -hmm. forward from this week whatever even next week but there's two books mikey here we'll get into last week's book kind of little review of what we read what we liked mike you read it with me as well number three but before we get into that one i'm gonna tease it it's uh si spy island by uh dark horse hold on though fans We're going to talk about this one first. You can see it, Mikey, here. I'm waving it across the basement, across the room. Red Atlantis by Aftershock. Another Aftershock book, Mike, because, you know, this is how this this is how this uh, this goes. Now, you don't have an Aftershock book probably for the first year and a half that you're in the comic booky business. And then all of a sudden, for some reason, you just happen to have two Aftershock books. This one here, I came across it, another one in previews. Guys, again, once again, I'm telling you, check out previews, get it, ask your local comic book shop. But this book, you know, Mike, I found this one kind of interesting because when I looked at it, I just kind of saw the cover. I read the little synopsis on it, and it's about like an espionage type of deal from the Cold War, you know, Moscow, Russia, whatever it is. You you know, you you open up the first page, and what do you got? You get voters stand in line and it's like it's it's crazy how you read these comics and when i first started this comic bookie podcast mike i remember reading one thing about i think it was how some guy passed away or something and he donated like all of his comics to some school or some college i believe i forgot what college it was we'd have to go back into the archives and find that one but i remember he's or they said that it was like it's like kind of like history and time that comics are a they 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 depictate of what's going on kind of like in society at that time. And, you know, once again, I, I, I always text you guys like comics are weird. Like what I read, it's like, and I know they're written like a couple months before we know that this pandemic has been going on, but you know, they get into this voting line anyway, check it out. It's aftershock. The protagonist, there's about two friends in here, females, they're friends. One of them's Russian. There's a tax on four different U S cities, during the voting time, like right as they're voting at the polls at a certain time, there was uh, power outages, cell phone outages coming from a certain apartment complex on a certain block that the one of the Russian girls used, is actually currently living at, you know, college roommate and whatnot. And they come looking for her, the FBI. And, you know, it just kind of goes haywire from there because one of her, uh, she has no idea who they are, but someone comes looking for her. And now supposedly he's telling her that they're going to have to save, you know, the, the, the city or the world or the country together. So it's some Russian espionage story from the cold war from back in the eighties. Mike, let me ask you this though. Talked about it in pre-production. This is the question that I got for you. This might be a better question that to have maybe for someone like Frank or one of the the writers that we normally have on this on one of our friends that we have on this podcast. But it, it, what I noticed here is that you got a writer, Mike and Stephanie Phillips and Robert Carey for this book for Aftershock, the raw thriller, brutal thriller ripped from tomorrow's headlines. This is what it says on the front page. But, you know, you got the writer, but there's actually a story and the story is actually supposedly told by a couple that actually lived out in like Russia during the cold war. 
and you know that you know, that actually gave the idea for this book. Do you have any idea, Mike, being a you know the aficionado in comics for this podcast on how that how that might come to be? Because if they don't write it, do they just kind of give their story and kind of give uh, Stephanie Phillips like their vision and she kind of just comes up with it? Or because I would think if you're coming up with the story or if you got it in your brain or if you're kind of this deep rooted into the comic book game, why wouldn't you want to write it yourself? Not to yeah. not to take anything away from Stephanie yeah. Phillips did a great job of writing it, but I don't know if they co collab if it's just it, it's kind of I've never seen this on a comic to it's, tell you the honest to God truth. Probably, I mean, I I would assume that it's kind of hard to you know for someone who's not already a writer to kind of put their thoughts and stories on paper, you know, either in a novel or in a comic book. So they kind of reach out to the professionals, and if someone's willing to do it, then you know, and hell. Maybe they collect a commission too, you know, just kind of, you know, and, and who knows what if Red Atlantis becomes a TV show on one of your streaming services or becomes a, you know, a movie, you know, who knows, you know, they kind of, you know, they're, they might contract them into owning a piece of it, you know, whatnot. But, you know, I, I think it for the normal non, you know, artists and writers of the world, it's kind of hard to like, if I had an idea, dude, it'd be kind of tough for me to kind of put it on a storyboard and then, you know, put it onto, you know, onto paper. So of course I'd want to reach out to someone with the script, but then kind of to convert it into a comic book. Yeah. I think it'd be kind of tough for just the person who's not already the professional. Yeah, I definitely, yeah. You know, now you can, you sell me on that because why not? There's millions of people's, Everyone, actually, I wouldn't even say millions of people. There's billions because everyone on this planet Earth, everyone has a story, right? We all have a different stories. We all come from different backgrounds and whatnot. So, yeah, everyone has a story. But like you said, Mike, some people just can't put their story to pen to paper. So, I mean, if someone can see your vision and put it and, and create something from it and, you know, why not? Why not? Yeah. We're all we're mm-hmm. all open to more creativeness here. We're all open to more content and more, you know, this is why we created this podcast. We want to hear from more artists. We want to hear from more writers, more, you know, fans, more everybody, you know, that, that's what we're here for. So I just thought that was kind of like cool how you see story by, but like it's different. It's weird because it's by and story by. So I don't know, but I, I enjoyed it. I pulled it. I think it's about five or six issues. I wish you guys would have got on it, but you didn't. So uh, you guys. Yeah, sometimes I gotta make some cuts, bro. Like I was saying, I you know that that'd be number thirteen if I would have uh, subscribed to that. You know what I'm saying? So I feel but, like I feel like they hit us with the pandemic, how they kind of slowed us down a little bit, but it's gearing up now, man. It's gearing yeah. up. Well, like Marvel, too. Alex said that, you know, Marvel kind of took the summer off. So be prepared to see a lot more books coming out this fall and wintertime for Marvel. But, dude, going back to Aftershock, dude, probably one of the craziest issues I read from last week. And I think I texted you guys, you and Sean, at like 1130 at night because that's like when I finished it. But Lonely Receiver number three, that was an insane issue. I mean, the story itself is insane. It's set in the in the future. And, you know, this chick, Katrin. She had surgery to make herself be able to kind of connect with her phone and her to have a relationship with like a woman, but it's like her phone, you know, it's like the software. It's not really her, like an actual person. She can, you know, 
talk to and hug and kiss and have sexual relations with and you know just like be there they ended up like breaking up and of course when you break up with the software like it just kind of disappears right it was kind of a crazy relationship and so number two was with her dealing with that and this number three she meets some other chick named hazel you know meets her at a bar or a club or whatever and they start seeing each she other sounds like bad news she, she she is convinced that that chick is is the um you know the human form of ryan who is the chick that you know w- w- was the software she kept calling her ryan and stuff and kind of you know going back and forth and the and the hazel girl is like what like i'm kind of confused but I, I really like spending time with you so sure enough at the at the end of the issue they're having dinner and then she, hazel was put off that she finally told her that she had the surgery and she's like oh yeah you should have the surgery too you know like you know um you know, with the sudden disconnection, Ryan, he's like, why do you keep calling me Ryan? He's like, you know, do you think I'm your effing AI or whatever? Oh, you actually had that surgery? Like I opened up to you and you, and you think that I'm not even the person I am. Like I am real. Like I am right effing here. Like I'm a human being. And they get into like some physical altercation and like some glass breaks and she accidentally stabs her. The protagonist, Katrin, she actually stabs the the new girl, Hazel. And so like she's like on the floor, just like bleeding and dying at the end of the story. I was like, oh, just crap. Like, uh, that uh, took a yeah, it took a turn for the worse. So it's I think it's a five issue miniseries. So the next two issues should be uh, quite interesting. And I heard you mention that one before. Is Sean, comic booky Sean on that one? He's not here to say yes or no, um, but I don't know. No, I don't think he's on that one. I don't think so. Okay, the lonely receiver guys, check it out. Another aftershock book. Uh, we didn't talk of aftershock, Mike. I don't know. Have you gotten aftershock before? You know, we we kind of got this sponsorship through Treasure Island Comics once again, Fremont, California. Check them out, Alex over there at Treasure Island I mean, Comics. I probably got, you know, without the subscription, I've still gotten some Image, some Dark Horse, some IDW, but as far as you so 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 let me ask you this, Mikey. Mm-hmm. So you've actually opened up your horizons since Sean and I have actually helped uh, you open yours up as well. Yeah, for sure. Like before we started the podcast, in the first couple of years, I was collecting comics. Yeah, I I got a handful of Dark Horse and IDW and Image stories, but no, I had never gotten a Source Point Press before we talked with Frank Ogle. I had never gotten an Aftershock. I'd never gotten an Antarctic Press. I'd never gotten, well, of course, AWA's new. But without the podcast and you jumping on it so hard in the beginning, I don't think I would have gotten that, you know? I was strictly on DC when I first started, and then Marvel slowly started to come back with some good stories. I picked up one a time or two, and then, of course, Image is, you know, they have some good stories. But, dude, ever since the subscription, I mean, I'm sorry, the sponsorship came from TI, man, this this shit's blowing up for me. (laughs) Definitely. Mike, let's talk about another one, man. Let's get into another book, if we shall. What do you want to do? We got two of them. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold them up to you across the room right here. You, Dude, I, you, I, I I just had a crossover in my in my in my hand right now. I'd love to talk about the new image, crazy first issue from Donny Cates. Donny Cates, this man is on fire. Nice. He writes he writes mostly for Marvel. You know the Venom, the Thor books right now. He has a huge huge event with uh, the King in Black coming starting in December, I believe. But man, crossover. I this was not one that I subscribed to. I just picked up the first issue and oh man, like I'm on the fence, but I'm leaning towards picking this up and subscribing to it and put on the pull list. This was pretty cool. Thinking about it, it's already on the pull list as of uh five 
5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time in California. But now the crossover, brother, I really, really am excited to just see see how he's going to intertwine these other characters that are, you know, trademarked or whatever to all these other different publishers into this book. We're obviously going to like know who he's talking about by how he like mentions it and whatnot, like how he mentions the bats and the and the whatnot. But, you know, I, I I'm excited, dude. I think this is something that I haven't really kind of dug too deep into before, like reading something like this where you kind of get this crossover of these two different worlds and whatnot. But reading that part at the end of Donnie Cates, his little uh what do you call that? The little story at the end? That's another thing we can get into that I really enjoy about. I mean, yeah, for someone who doesn't know his backstory, it's it's kind of like when you read um, what Grief from Frank Gogol, just like just to kind of learn about the writer himself. And like you, you kind of when you know the story, you kind of feel either the happiness or the pain behind the, you know, the words that, that this person's writing. It's pretty insane. And how he, you know, how he doesn't want to write something that he mentions that he didn't want to write something through all his trials and tribulations of what he went to, you know, near death experiences. He mm-hmm. doesn't really describe, but, you know, he, he, what he says is that he wrote a book which was God Country, right? I believe it was, and that it was, you know, more of on a sad way, and that with his other second near death experience, it was, you know, he wanted to write something that was more joyful more in the ha- in the happy sense you know and that's what he did and and we don't even know where it's going to take us mike me you and quite fortunately alex at treasure island also couldn't even tell me how many episodes or episodes yeah it was going to be you know yeah, i, I it, told you at least 12 right yeah because it it reminded me of black hammer where you took all these superheroes from a different like kind of you know earth fr- you know, in the multiverse, what have you, and you stuck them just in like some like farm out in the middle of the, you know, in the Midwest and how they live and how they have to kind of like hide out. So kind of for them to have to cross over, but then there's like, they're in a bubble in Denver. And then dude, like how the little girl, she looked like it was like from like 1930s, 1940s comic books with like the little red pixelation dots, you know, it was pretty crazy. And like how the masks, yeah, but, but like no one likes them, you know, how they're like kind of like a disease, like, oh my God, you know, like everyone run for your lives. What the hell? Like, so apparently people think that she's dangerous and then. But that's what's going on. Isn't that what's going on in like uh, Batman right now? That's what I was thinking about. Unmask, unmask. No, yeah. It's like, it's like what's going on with all these books right now? Like, like people are frowning upon, uh, frowning upon superheroes. It seems like Mikey and all of these different crossovers, (laughs) if you will. Yeah, but it's pretty cool. It's definitely a cool story. I don't think, obviously, that they would actually say the name Batman or Superman, but you kind of know, like, who it is, you know? So Like, at the very end, that's definitely Superman. Yeah, it's, like, it's kind of like Black Hammer, how a lot of the characters have similar superpowers, like, you know, speed and strength to Superman and Flash and whatnot, but they're obviously named something else, you know? So it's going to be it's 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 definitely it's definitely a good story. Definitely a good one. But uh, what about Spy Island? I know you mentioned it before. 
let's get into Spy Island, dude. That's a it's another good one. It's another. like a, it, it's got it's got James Bond, you know, spy st- you know stuff. It's got the drama with the dad, and you know you, you know you think he's dead, and then it's got the horror of like whatever's out in the ocean. Like, dude, it's got a little bit of everything, you know. Dude, Spy Island's actually been one of my favorites right now because I mean, dude, she gets the dad, she gets the mime. Dude, I mean, that was crazy as hell, dude. She was like, I told him he was going to be on TV. Dude, she set him up for a suicide mission. I know. I know. This book is wild, bro. So the chick, so she's trying to protect her dad. She has to go down to this island. This book is written by uh, Kane, I see here on the front page. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you uh, can elaborate on that, but. Dude, this book, it's just, it's, I think it's five or six issues, Mike. I know it's not more than six, and I know it's not less than five, so we'll keep it in about that range. <laughs> about five, we'll, yeah. Play the middle right there for the bookies, but uh, no, you got the chick, the sister shows up on the island. She, she's been planning this whole thing out that you, you, in the first issue that we got two months ago, you know, she kills a guy, you see her kill a guy out there in the ocean, and then. So what we don't find out until this episode, I, I love to call him episode, sorry, this issue, is that the guy that she killed actually, you know, she knew that her sister was coming to the island. She knew that her sister was going to pull, you know, the autopsy on her, on the guy. And she does. All of a sudden she finds like a pill or like there was like a letter inside the guy's mm-hmm. intestine and and, and the sister rips it out and reads it and says, like, we're getting followed. We're getting watched. The only safe play is the, the only safe place on the island is the mortuary. And I mean, it, it, it's just it's crazy. It's it's elaborating even more right now. It's getting into I get the latter parts of the series. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Another death just happened at the end. Mermaids are floating. I mean, Mike, do you think this story is going to turn into something that you weren't quite expecting or do you think it's going to do you think I mean, it's it, going to be two different stories in general? Like you said, I like guess it's going to be like one story when it comes to the mermaids, another story when it comes to the whole dad or is it all going to intertwine in your opinion? I mean, I think it, it, with only two issues left, it has to come together at some point, you know. It, they have to have some kind of some type of finality to it, it's, especially if this is like a one-off story and, it, and they don't have any intention of making a Spy Island two or anything, you know. So I think it. I, I think you're right on that on that front. Yeah, some of these books, I just feel like they could just be so much longer. Like we talked about this with Frank Gogol, and I just feel like sometimes they could just be so much longer than just five or six stories. Some yeah. of them are perfect at five or six. Some of them just. Uh, I don't know. Like you said, it's got like that bondish feel to it. You can see like at least like a 12 story, a 12 issue story out of it. But we'll see, man. I, I can see them actually making a second type to this, because if you got, you know, AWA upshot that has came out with, you know, the resistance, the, the second coming of the resistance and and year zero and whatnot, I think that definitely Dark Horse Comics can figure out a way to bring another Spy Island type of sequel back to it, depending on how their sales went. But uh, me and you are loving it, and I hope that other people are too. Check it out, fans. Yeah, I mean, and kind of to to end kind of my discussion on comics, I think going forward this week, 
there's probably what four or five books that I'm really interested in in starting. I mean, obviously, what we talked about the uh, Hot Valley Days and Cocaine Nights. Number one, I'm excited. Scarehood number one. <laughs> Scarehood number one, I'm excited to read. Obviously, Detective with that new villain, you know, the Mirror or whatever. Uh, Punchline Special number one, and there was one other one that I was really excited to, to read. What sold you on Scarehood, brother? The um, hood. Parenthood, Scarenthood, you're a father. Tell me. Well, kind of. Their kid, with, with well, kids kind of, on yeah, a field. Exactly, because it was kind of like a feel of like all these moms, and it was you know PTA meetings and and whatnot, and all of a sudden they release some. So it's kind of like a, a regular schmegular you know housewife show, or or just like with moms and parents, and all of a sudden it be, it's you know flips the script and becomes a horror book. Like what the hell, you know? And then just something, you know, it's just something different, you know. Like I, I don't read like many books that. Or that style. We're talking about Scarenthood fans. It comes out today, the 11th of November. IDW Scarenthood by Nick Roach and Chris O'Halloran. So check it out when you guys listen to this. If you get down to your comic book shop or however you get your comic books, uh, make sure you check it out if you can. It's a story that we will let you know next week on episode 89 if we are going to be pulling it, Mike and I. As of now, we have not read it, but we are interested in it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll let you know our thoughts on it going forward, man. Yeah. And, oh, and then the last one I'm really excited for is Seven Secrets, the um, story from Tom Taylor from Boom Studios. That's, Double T. Uh, it's it's a, an amazing book. I mean, going forward, reading Injustice, I think I've said this time and time again, but reading Injustice, reading Deceased, you know, Tom Taylor, he puts nothing but fire out for me, in my opinion, because a lot of it's just off continuity, especially the DC stuff. Injustice is not, you know, continuity. It's, you know, all these heroes and villains are dying. Same with Deceased. I think he's, I think he's having the most fun, you know, him and Scott Snyder with all this death, you know, Dark Knight's death metal and stuff and the last night on Earth. It just feels that some of these writers are just writing that, you know, hey, let's just write a Flash story. Hey, let's just continue the you know superman story but some of these writers they just look like you know what i'm taking this story that i've always wanted to read to write and i'm having really really fun with it and you know you know what's funny i don't think that i've read read a tom taylor story have i correct me if i'm wrong i might have in one of these like uh, 80th anniversaries or yeah yeah one of I those but, but not a, but not an ongoing or a mini series no you haven't i haven't and, I mean, and the, person, time, and the person actually the person actually to get me into injustice was my mom, you know, because because like I've said, like my mom was the one who got me into comics, really. Like she's the one who took me to the store to Treasure Island when when they were over at the other location. And she let me borrow her first. It was like the first like two years of of injustice books. And injustice is weird. It's well, it's not weird, but it's cool because they were a digital first book. And then they go ahead and put them into print, and they come out like a week or two late. So it's pretty cool. So from Taylor to Tiny and Mike, kind of yeah. wrap up the book. Wrap we, it always, up, yeah. we always got to kind of wrap it up with your with your guy, Bruce Brucey. But I, I, Taylor or Tiny, and actually, before we actually get into the actual book, let me ask you that question, Mike. As a as a writer, as a reader, you're the reader, they're the writer. Who in your who do you, who do you have more enjoyment of reading their stories? Tynion, because oh, I know you've read a couple from him, or Taylor. Uh, I might have to go with Taylor. Don't don't tell me. Don't tell me if I. Because Tynion, you know, because Tynion, he wrote he, he he I think he started Rebirth with Detective Comics. 
he was on Detective, and now he's on Batman. Tinian's also on Department of Truth. So Tinian's got some fire books too, but just because Tom Taylor is so different and it's not just – I don't know. I, I never know what to expect from Tom Taylor's books, so that's why I would say Tom Taylor. I would be more excited week-to-week reading. Okay, because I was just going to say I do love what Tinian is uh, bringing us on these Batman editions. We have 102 here. Ghostmaker, this boy ain't messing around. He's coming after him. He's coming after him with a vengeance. I mean, in Dublin, Ireland, this boy was bringing out the swords. He said, you're going to have to go through me. Now he wants to take Gotham. Mike, your thoughts on your favorite book to read bi-weekly, Batman? I mean, it, I mean, it's so cool how some of these writers kind of create a backstory with all of these, you know, villains. You know, you had like Batman Hush. You had, you know like like this one and like throughout the series and throughout the arc you know it goes back in time to to what the relationship was and obviously they were trained under the same tutelage as someone else and looks and it sounds like it looks like ghostmaker did something wrong did something bad to the previous one and so now it's you know we don't know his name but they do know each other from the past and it's kind of like a um, it's 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 definitely personal you know so he kind of is kind of one step ahead of him but ghostmaker Man, he yeah, he's not playing because Ghostmaker knows something about, you know, obviously he knows Bruce Wayne, so he knows where he's going to be time and time again. And um, and yeah, so they had a little um, they're actually in the middle of, of battling on the rooftops where Bao was. It looked like Bao was about to take out your girl, but bro. Yeah. What was up with that guy? Bao fam? You just have to take out my girl, Holly Queen. Why you don't yeah. take her out? Why you gonna take her out? Yeah, uh, but about the but and then and then here comes Ghostmaker swooping in and of course your boy has to come in but we got a couple new the grinners bro <laughs> show me you give me that grin we got uh, we got a couple new uh, we got all I mean the Joker is just unleashing all types of now he's got the grinners I mean it's a new type of uh, of uh, Joker it's like, a, like a follower you know it's kind of like a cult follower. What do you think, though? You think they're here to stay, or is this just something that kind of tiny through in this book? And I are we going to see Grinners unleash their fury upon Gotham in the no, future? No, I, th- I think it, I think at the I think they're just like a like a, a group that, of lackeys, you know, because the Joker technically in the you know continuity of Batman, he's not around right now. Supposedly he's dead or he's disappeared. Bruce Wayne knows that he's not that he's still around, but yeah, I mean. It's going to be interesting. I think they're going to stick with the, you know, the clown hunter and ghost maker, Batman, you know, that triangle. So, but yeah, I'm interested to see what the other, what five issues of this arc is going to give us. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay. Cause you know me, Mike, I mean, being the comic bookies podcast, what this podcast was even predicated on. I mean, we're, we always trying to find a, uh, we always trying to make a dollar out of a dime, you know? So if we, if I, if I know that this might be the grinners might be something, something that's going to catch on. I see right here that I got the first episode. I got the first uh, issue of the Grinners in Batman true. 102. You know what I'm saying? So true, true. And then we, and then last episode we have the first uh, appearance of Ghostmaker himself. So and then I actually got a question for you because I feel like we've been getting hit, Mikey, with all types of uh, all types of uh, new characters, punchline, Bao Fam, and the Clown Hunter. We got you know. Right now, the Ghost Maker. We got all type. The one that you brought up a couple episodes ago that 
We have not seen in the Arkham Knight since Detective, what, 1002 or something that we want to see again. Mm-hmm. But have you uh, or do you know or have you personally experienced in your comic booking career as well? Do you know of any um, or do you, do you know of any other era that has given us in the DC or Marvel Universe, whatnot, but in uh, that has given us so many uh, new characters and uh, new stuff to start to get used to than this era right now because I mean I, I mean when, I'm looking when, at it Mike like what a great time to get into comic books me 2019 well, might have been the best time with all this going forward I mean it, it's it's weird you know what and it sucks too because it's, you know there's so many people who are not you and myself who think that this is a downtime for comic books but for us I think it's really a, a, you know an it's on the ups, but I would say besides the mid sixties, when Marvel was, you know, coming out with fantastic four, Spider-Man, X-Men, you know, it, you know, Thor, Iron Man, incredible Hulk, all of those characters coming out at the same time. You know, I, I don't think that this, there's been a, any other time now with that. That's without doing research. This is all on the top of my head. Finally ending the comic book side. I had to put my order in for previews and this future state, man, like I, have to have a conversation with Alex. I don't know what to get. Like, do I just get the flash and, you know, justice league and Superman and Batman? Like, like, what do I get? Because this future state event that's happening in January and February next year, this is totally taking place of all of our current stories right now. And then they'll pick back up in March. But, you know, speaking of, you know, stories with an eras of all new characters, dude, we're going to get, going to get so many in January and February with this. You're going to have a new wonder woman, you're going to have a new Batman, you know, like what the hell is going to happen, dude? It's going to be, it's going to be pretty crazy. I mean, like, like, what are your thoughts on, like, are you excited for it? Do you think, no, it's, do you, I'm do definitely you think it's a money not. gram? Oh, really? I mean, like, are you just going to get the normal, like just flash and Batman and detective comics? Like, what are you going to get? I'm just going to take that or, or against none. the grain. I'm going to go against the grain. People might not want to hear it, but this is what I'm going to tell them right now. I mean, what's the point of doing this, Mike? In my opinion, I just, don't really understand it. You're going to take me away. You're really going to rip me away from what we've been ranting, raving about since what episode 84, my favorite, but you know what I mean? Ever since the last couple episodes that we've been recording, we've been ranting and raving about how good tiny is. I just asked you about it. You just gave your whole spiel on them. And you know, why would you take away from the story that we're kind of really excited about right now with just Bruce Wayne kind of, you know, staying in that identity, trying to somewhat stay away of the whole Batman moniker right now with the unmasked thing. Like I also mentioned that the kind of crossing over and all these stories as well. But I just think that I'm loving so much of the continuity that I was just getting right now. And for DC to kind of just come up and just switch it all up for two months. It's like, oh, well, here you go. Uh, you might gonna crave your stories, but they're not gonna be back until March. So we're just gonna feed you this BS and uh, uh, yeah, just look forward to them in future uh, offerings that we're just gonna try to money grab you for more again, money in the in the summer probably for more money. Excuse me, and yeah, it's just it's just trying to stem too much. And you know, I, I've always learned, you know, Mike, there's a saying that says sometimes less is more. And at the end of the day, I mean, you don't want to oversaturate your fans, your uh, avid readers that are also, you know, listening to guys 
like us, Mike, in the Comic Bookies podcast, where we're telling them to listen to to, to go and not listen, but yeah, listen to us. Yes. But go ahead and read all these other offerings from dark horse, IDW, you know, uh, image and all these other like indie offerings as well. So you, there, there's so much, the comic book space right now is just like content on YouTube. Everyone's trying to do it it's just like us, by the way, check us out our page, comic bookies on youtube.com uh, mike's doing a great job we're soon to get on there as well bear with us but uh, i mean content is everywhere and if you're dc yes you're the big boy but you got to understand you might be the big boy but there's little boys like us right now baby and we're coming for we're not coming for dc but we're coming to kind of spread the word to the masses and spread the word to the fans about how you know all of these other offerings are real good and if you're a dc and you're you know you got people like me in my opinion that are you know kind of sticking with you know you know black label stuff as well as weekly and not weekly sorry but bi-weekly and monthly stuff as well and 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 you're staying true to dc trying to do do your part in marvel as well and you know i just see it as you're bringing out all these extra books that you know we're going to bring out even extra more books going into the latter stages of 2021. And I just kind of thought it'd be kind of cool to keep it the same. I mean, I get it. I get what they're trying to do. I get that they're trying to start what maybe that whole rebirth, not the rebirth, but they were going to start like a, a whole new, um, I forgot what new, it was called. A whole, new, a whole new era of characters, you know, because they put it on hold, right? Didn't they put that on hold is what I'm asking, Mike? They they were going to put what? Like the 5G? The That's 5G. Done. That's done. That's, That's done. As soon as Dan DiDio got fired, when they had that massive layoffs, they got rid of it. This is the um, replacement for like, 5G. I feel like this is something that they're like just kind of trying to like stem off of it. Oh, well, we didn't get 5G in to sell to you guys, so we're going to have to do something else. Like Yeah, but you have to you – know. just, just to play devil's advocate real quick, you have to know – and realize that the comic book industry right now is a speculation market. You know, how many times do, does Frank Gogol post on his Facebook or his Instagram how someone has a 9.8 grade of Dead End Kids number one and it's sold on eBay for 50 bucks or whatever? So you have to think that this is like some huge event. It's going to sell like hotcakes and some of these ones, all these number ones and everything, someone's going to try to sell these for buco bucks watch like oh this is the one of the first ever stories that you know bruce wayne isn't batman oh my gosh like you know there's a side story that superman's on war world fighting mongol and back over in metropolis his son jonathan is the superman you know like some of these so you we've i as far as i know we haven't gotten anything like this before this is all kind of like a what if so knowing it, it's kind of frustrating because you know that it, it could be a long time before after these two months that something could come of it, like another series, you know, because let's be honest, Bruce Wayne is going to be Batman for years and years and years. It's not going to be this new person, but just to, I don't know, it's going to, it's going to be interesting. I know it's going to sell a lot. You know, it's, you know, it's just, just to start a new year. I'm kind of excited. I don't think I'm going to get every single one, obviously, because that's what, you know, five years ago me would have done, but yeah. I'm going to ask Alex which ones would, would be worth getting. So let me let me just uh, ask you this. Maybe you can kind of clear it up for myself as well as the fans as well. So it's just going to be completely like 
It's just completely different. So it's like the whole Batman yeah. that we know, so the whole for, so no Bal fam, no Bal fam, no punchline, no Harley. No, well, maybe Harley, but just no Professor Alchemy or whatever in the Flash story. Like this is totally just put on hold, and you have this future state, and you know, and who knows how they're going to mesh it with the current continuity, if if at all. I mean, they have to. They can't just do something like this for two months and then not put something in. It may not be in the near future. It might be, you know, towards the end of 2021. But I mean, I don't know. It's it's something different. It's it's shaking it up a little bit, and it's it sounds interesting. I'm not gonna grab, like I said, I'm not gonna grab every single one, but I'm gonna get the Batman one. I'm gonna get the Flash. I'm gonna get the Superman. You know, at least those three. The Justice League one sounds pretty cool too, and God damn it, the Green Lantern that, one looks cool see, too. Now you're gonna make me <laughs> grab Lantern some. I, <laughs> I didn't want to grab it because I love me some oh. John Stewart Green Lantern. You know, so uh, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough to not want to get. Uh, you know, like the, the first day on January 5th or whatever, the first issue comes out. Oh hey, thanks Alex. Here's my Batman. Here's my Flash. Here's my Superman. Oh well, there's Teen Titans. Oh well, there's a uh, Suicide Squad. There's Harley Quinn. There's Justice League Dark. Like it's like, oh dude, I'm gonna want to get every single one. I have to really just like not. <laughs> I have to try my hardest not to get every single one. Yeah, it's it's gonna be pretty hard for you too, but I I believe in you, brother. You can you can do it. You can make I'm it. Strong. I'm strong. Yeah. So <laughs> so so going so closing out this section. Um, let's get into a little bit of the news. I have like three sections. It's kind of like a little bit of TV news, a little bit of video game news, and of course, you know, some, you know, unfortunate death news. But as far as TV is concerned, um, November 25th on Peacock, the reimagining of probably, I don't know if you ever watched Saved by the Bell. You ever watched that show when you were younger? Come on, brother. I mean, so a new reimagining of Saved by the Bell is coming out um, on Peacock later this month. Apparently, I, th- I believe the governor, I think he's the governor of California, is uh, Zach Morris, and he closed down a lot of these, like, you know, uh, these public schools, I believe. I, th- I think they made some cuts. So a lot of these, um, a lot of new kids are coming into, I forgot what the name of the school is, but they're coming into, like, the, the actual school. And, like, A.C. Slater and um, the two girls, um, Jesse, right? Isn't one of them Jesse? And the other one is Kelly Kapowski. So all four of those people are back on the show, not the African-American chick and then not um, what's his name? Um, oh, you got the teacher, too. I'm looking at it right yeah. now. Say by the bell. Not Dustin Diamond or whatever. What was his name? What was his name? <laughs> Dustin Diamond. Oh, God. What Screech. was his name on the show? Screech. So, on. So I don't think he's on the show. But but yeah, so I think that's <laughs> you know, you know, his real name, but not his show name. Who the, yeah, I know. who the hell remembers Dustin Diamond before they remember Screech? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> there's, there's a, there's a remember huge he thing with them. Damn video, them porn videos. Dustin I know. Diamond. I know. <laughs> um, going forward, uh, you can now uh, pre-order on Blu-ray. It's coming in December, so you know a very short release to the movie theaters. Uh, one of the you know few movies that got put out there and failed, but you can pre-order Tenant right now. Um, big news in the video game Xbox, the new one, um, Series X, I believe it's called, came out yesterday on Tuesday and tomorrow. The big PS5 comes out, uh, including you know the Miles Morales Spider-Man, Assassin's Creed Valhalla came out yesterday. So bunch of bunch of uh, different you know games coming out again like i said i'm not going to get the ps5 until 
either one, they stop making PS4 games, and two, my PS4 craps out on me. So um, I'm not a big gamer right now anyways. Over the last couple years, having two kids and being married and having to take care of a house and with the extended commute to work and stuff, I really don't. I play very limited games. I probably jump on the sticks once a week. Are we? We need to get some gamers on the platform, though, man. Who? Who? I your brother, your brother, man. Isn't well, he's, he's in Stevie he, he, B? He's currently in line trying to get um one there, of like, the first PS fives. Like I don't know if it's at a GameStop or a Target or Walmart or whatever, but he's literally in line trying Let's to get a him, PS five. Call him live. Let's call him live here. How do we add the call, Mikey? This is live. We've <laughs> never done this before. Yeah. We have never done this before. But you know what? I I should probably uh, hit up the guy I follow on YouTube. Uh, his name's Michael Marooks. He um he's a he's a YouTuber. He's got like you know damn near seventy five hundred subscribers. He plays NASCAR, so like he he makes these funny videos of him, uh, you know, doing not just NASCAR Heat Five, but like past games and stuff. And he also does like once a week he live streams for like two and a half hours and he, he races different, you know, tracks stuff with other people. They come in, they come into his lobby and, and they race. So it's pretty entertaining. You know what, just to kind of get, you know, video games and, you know, sports and hell YouTube just to kind of hit all f- three of those fronts. It'd be good to get him on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, hit him up. The more, the merrier he's, uh, gamer i know there's probably a bunch of gamers that listen to this podcast as well you guys you and sean you guys are a little bit more into it than i am but uh yeah we we try to give our our uh uneducated opinion as well as we can but uh you know hey i i can read some i i know the specs i know i got the i talked to my friends that are all into all this i got a couple i got some buddies that also have a couple on order, you know, trying to get that uh, secondary market price tag going up on there in a couple days. But, hey, you know, I think that it's crazy how much more the PlayStation seems to be more popular than the Xbox. Uh, I've always kind of been in the middle, never really, you know, I currently have Xbox, Microsoft platform. But, uh, you know, I've just... uh, Never really cared too much to see the difference, in my opinion. But I know there, it's, I mean, man, it always seems like in this world, it's, uh, you got to choose, man. It's either left or right, up, down, blue, red, red. You know what I mean? It's like the same thing when it comes to these damn consoles. You have to choose one, man. Yeah. Well, one thing that we always choose and we never had to deter from was, uh, the the game show of Jeopardy. And unfortunately, last week, you know, 2020 gave, a lot of you voters, you know, Saturday, it was a, a day of a, a joyous occasion, you know, you know, your, your guy won. So he gave you Saturday. And unfortunately, we wake up Sunday morning to find out that, you know, our beloved Alex Trebek has died. You know, he loses his long battle with pancreatic cancer uh, at the age of 80. And then at the age of 82, one of the co-creators of Scooby-Doo, Ken Spears, passes away. So, I mean, that's just a... a not a good hit for, you know, just things that we grew up watching. I mean, it, Jeopardy isn't something that I watch, you know, religiously every day. But, you know, it's one of those things where if there's nothing really on and I need something in the background, you know, to put it on. You know, and I walk by like, oh, hey, I, I know that answer, you know, just to test my, test my knowledge. I would never try out for the damn show because I am not that smart. Yeah, and I remember – you know who is that smart, though, is what I was going to say is I remember, was it a year or two ago? You had that dude, the 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 the, the sports handicapper 
from Vegas. Oh yeah, yeah. And he went down. I mean, dude, he was like, he's one honestly what the one of the top five best in Jeopardy history, I'd say, right? I don't even remember, but yeah, true. I do remember because I was listening to Vegas Sports and Information Network and they even like were interviewing him and they had him on there. And I was like, damn, that's crazy that this dude that is just killing it on Jeopardy could just be, you know, that good of a sports gambler as well. But uh, yeah, Mr. Trebek, he is uh, he is uh, he left behind Emily Matthew is is. His son and daughter, as well as his wife, Jean, 80 years old, man. I mean, he lived a long life and uh, revived, you know, he revived Jeopardy in 1984, brother. Once again, one of the other things that I say happened in 1984, baby, mm-hmm. best year. So pancreatic cancer took him out. Uh, he, he, he announced, you know, last year, I think. Earlier last year in it's 2019. Fa- you know what? And, and pancreatic cancer is usually a fast killer too. It's 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 uh, cool that he, you know, lasted this long. You know. Yeah, I don't know too much about pancreatic cancer, but uh, I didn't know it was a fast killer, and it just kind of sucks, dude. It sucks that he was actually making it through the show, just showing his fight. And uh, you guys pay attention, man, because uh, that's what America's about. Look at this guy. Not, you know, Canadian American, born in Canada, reside mm-hmm. in L.A., died in L.A., but uh, came to America. You know, did, had the American dream, and you guys watched him every day. And yeah, it's just that he. I'm not gonna say it was. You know, we celebrate his life because it was a beautiful one. And rest in peace, Mr. Trebek. Our uh, our condolences from the Comic Bookies podcast go out to you and your family, brother. Yes, sir. We salute you. Hey guys, this is Frank Ogle, writer of Dead End Kids and No Heroin. You recently heard me on the show to talk about my new book, Dead End Kids, The Suburban Job. Dead End Kids, The Suburban Job follows three former friends who have all been deeply affected by the events of September 11th as they struggle alone to cope with the long-term effects of that tragic day and what happens to them when they find a bag of cash stolen from a local drug kingpin. I just wanted to drop by and remind you guys that Dead End Kids' Suburban Job is currently up for pre-order. For those of you who haven't checked out the original Dead End Kids, the Suburban Job is a fresh start, a new cast, and a new place with a new crime. For those of you who love the original series, we've got the entire creative team back together again to bring you more of what you loved the first time around. But whether you're a new or returning reader, I think you'll really dig the new series. If you want to check out Dead End Kids' Suburban Job, be sure to get your pre-orders in at your local comic shop by December 4th. Um, so yeah, so transitioning into sports. So from comics into sports, again, we are brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Go check them out today, the 11th of November, new comic book day. All right, bro. So let's get into some sports. We don't have too much to talk about. Um, NFL week 10, um, NASCAR season's over. We're, we're getting down to it, you know, sports right now. Cause we don't know when hockey and basketball is going to start. Well, actually basketball. I think they announced that they're going to start in January, but yeah. So for the next couple months we have, uh, football college and pros, bro. What do you want to hit first? Yeah, brother, we can get whatever we can get into whatever you want to, man. We can get into some football first, college. We can uh, rant on NASCAR first. Uh, you tell me, brother, where do you want to, where do you want to go first? Man, I, man, I, I heard enough ranting 
Do we get from, our rants out of the way? It's yeah, been yeah, a so ranting it's, week, man. Yeah, it's just been, so so you can rant because you it was all on text, but now I actually want to hear it and for the listeners to listen to you rant about this final race in Phoenix, the championship race taken by the Hendrick Motorsports number nine Chevy of Chase Elliott. Our Sean's driver, comic bookie Sean, his driver, yep. congratulations. His uh, He stayed true to him. Sean was actually rocking him since he was the 24 before Bill Byron took it over for uh, Rick Hendrick. And uh, he stuck with him. Now he's in the nine. And what do you know? Lo and behold, how old? 24 years old, 24 years young, I believe. Mr. Chase uh, Elliott has won your NASCAR 2020 championship uh, trophy. Well, to me, it kind of comes with, uh, you know, obviously not asterisks. He won it. But it's just a couple question marks that I brought up in this podcast. Mike, we talk about it weekly. You can attest to it as well. It's just I I just don't understand how, especially in a year where, you know, Jimmy Johnson's retiring, kind of, you know, you got the whole pass the torch type of thing to chase, you know, kind of, you know, we all know that Kyle Larson is going to be joining that organization in the five for next year. But at the end of the day, Chase Elliott's going to be the face of that franchise just as much as, you know, Jeff Gordon and and Jimmy Johnson was in their time, you know, and I just think that the way it all went down with his car being the only one to fail pre-waste inspection three times, you have to start from the rear, which uh, I mean, obviously, what better race to start from the rear from if you're a championship contender, one of the top four, because obviously all these other guys, they're not going to race you hard at all. They're just going to let you go by because they're going to want the top four cars competing for the win for the championship. And I just see it as you fail three times. You're the fastest car out there. You're, you're, you know, you're a bullet, you're, you're a rocket ship and no one can catch you. And it's kind of, you know, Brad Kozlowski won that second, that second uh, stage, excuse me. And Joey Logano for team Penske as well, won that first stage. And their cars were good in the beginning. And, you know, Kozlowski might have had something for him if the run was a little bit longer towards the end. But, I mean, you've seen him. Once he just got in the lead, I mean, his car was just – you just couldn't mess with it. And it just – I'm not – I don't want to be the one to throw conspiracy theories at you, Mikey, or at the comic bookie fans. If you guys actually have a conspiracy theory, let us know down in the comments. Let us know on our Instagram or Twitter pages because I'd like to know as well because I seem to be the only one kind of complaining about it. I hate to be a complainer or advocating about it as or playing devil's advocate, but I, it's just kind of – it kind of just helps me, makes me raise some eyebrows, you know. It's just uh, JJ is gonna pass the baton. This guy's car is the fastest as hell. It, uh, the only one that failed pre-race tech three times, and we see it kind of constantly, week after week, in a certain organization in JGR where it just seems like Truex or Hamlin, Bush, someone's failing pre-race and starting at the rear when in a year that you don't really even have anything to really worry about because you're going to get that 25 lap caution due to due to the lack of no um, qualifying or practice this year. So obviously NASCAR is mandating a caution so they can check their cars and whatnot, 25 laps into the race. So you're not going to get a caution there and you know, you're going to get another caution to end the stage one and you know, all these cars are going to let you buy. So why not like just fail pre-race a couple times and start at the end at, at the end of the day, look, 
he won the race. Who cares if he started at the end, finished first? But but why Mike, is no one? But why is no one talking about it? You know, like everyone just says, oh hey, Chase Elliott you know, failed pre-race inspection. He's going to start from the back. You know, and they know that he's going to end up there now. But they know even not in Phoenix at the other 35 races, they also know that he's going to probably end up in the top five or 10 at the end of the race as long as he doesn't DNF. So but why is no one talking about it? Why is no one even bringing up like eh, he might have even after failing twice and then somehow passing after the third one? He might still have somewhat of an unfair advantage. And of course, he's, he passes post race inspection, you know clinching him the championship but I, I just don't know why there's not one writer for nascar at espn at fox at nbc at the athletic if there even hasn't you know if they even have a nascar um you know division like why isn't anyone talking about it maybe we have to be the ones to start talking about it i mean we've been talking about this whole podcast about going against the grain i mean if no one wants to bring it up I kind of brought it up on Twitter. You, you you told me I was like arguing with like some kids or whatever. But I mean, I just thought it. I mean, I've been watching this sport, like I said, for years, you know, going on, you know, over a decade and a half almost. And the thing is that I remember starting in the rear was so detrimental because you didn't have stage racing. You didn't have a chance to, you know, come from the back and and and, you know, come forward you, you know you would get lapped you would go a lap down you if you weren't the lucky dog you'd be screwed because then you'd be a you know in the the cautions didn't fall your way every couple stages you know what i mean and i remember watching this sport and you it was like you tried your hardest to like never start from the back and i feel like we're just living in a world ah i'll start from the back ah whatever i'll start from the back by the end of stage one i'll be in top 10 by the end of stage two i'll be in top five and it's just like there's no repercussion. There's no, no nothing that NASCAR is really implying to start from start from the rear. It's like I, I mentioned it before. I think you should get two races. You you fail once, you fail twice, you fail three times. You start from the rear. You lose your your your, your whatever they're doing now. How you lose your crew chief? He has to walk off. Probably still has communication somehow with the team, but. If that happens one race, that's it. You get to race, you lose your crew chief. If it happens again, I don't even care if it's the next race. Just twice in a season, if it just keeps happening, you just you don't race. I mean, I don't care. Like, I know it's going to probably lose, make you lose fans or make you lose money or the team. But, I mean, I just think it's BS when it's the same teams. I mean, I could understand. It's like, how come none of – how do none of these smaller teams – how do none of like okay the the Corey LaJoys of the world or the or the Daniel Suarez's and the Levine family racing? How do none of these teams usually have to start from the back? And I mean I'm sure that they do. Maybe they're they just I mean I I know they do. I'm not gonna say I'm sure because I obviously know that they do. It's not as but they don't announce it as much, but they do. But it's just I, I just don't get why these bigger teams are just constantly. I know you're pushing the envelope, but. It just doesn't make sense when it's in a championship race like that. Congratulations, well, it, Chase. Well, yeah, uh, and then it, and, it, and it also probably hurts, you know, you personally as well because it's JGR, it's Hendrick Motorsports, and you never see it at a Penske. So it's kind of like, what the hell? Like my guys are racing clean. Like my three drivers are 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 putting it out there, and they're 
you know, passing inspection 36 out of 36 and they're winning races and they're winning championships. And then these guys are failing the champion, you know, and then you have Bush. He won a championship. Truex, he won a championship and now Chase won a championship and they're the ones failing the races. So, um, hello, you know, <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, I would have liked to see if, 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 um, let's just say maybe, Kozlowski or let's just say Hamlin didn't make it and instead it was Harvick because we all know how good Harvick is that track I want I, I would have liked to see how Harvick would have fared without just letting everyone go by or if Chase put the beating on him too because it just seemed like no one had a car to be uh the 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 ghost of Jimmy Johnson riding down and with him in Phoenix that 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 week but uh congratulations yeah. Chase you're the yep. champion will- I'm not I'm not here to hate. I'm just here to shed some light to maybe uh, something that people aren't paying attention to. It's just uh, look forward to the 2020 season, and uh, hopefully we don't see more shenanigans, man. Yeah. See you on Valentine's Day, Sunday, February 14th for the Daytona 500 from Daytona oh, what, Beach, Florida. What, I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, to, to our wife, oh, sweetheart, I love you. Let's have a candlelight dinner in front of the TV watching the race. Actually, it would have to be a lunch because that race probably starts at 11 a.m. to noon, Pacific Standard Time. So, um, I mean, college football for me is kind of weird because I haven't watched – I haven't been watching too many. This is – unfortunately, this coronavirus has um, – I didn't watch a lot of the bubbles for the NHL and the NBA. Same with college football. You know, I did watch the USC's um, first Pac-12 game. They beat Arizona State at home. But, man, um, I know there have been some good games, but unfortunately my Saturdays have been going for other things, whether it be stuff around the house um, or, shoot, sometimes I even watch a truck race or an Xfinity race over some of these college football games. But, you know, going forward, is there any is there a, a game or two that you're looking forward to this weekend? And, oh, shoot, look at that. I got canceled, postponed, postponed. Jesus H. Christ. College football, man, they're getting hit hard with this stuff and with all these, uh, um, this co, this COVID stuff, dude. This is this sucks. Well, from what I've heard, you got a couple game. What? How many games was it, Mike? Uh, in the SEC this week, four, I think, that are canceled now with uh, Alabama. And I see Ohio State and Maryland. They're not playing. Yeah, they got canceled as well, I believe, today. Yeah, they uh, got can- canceled. Yeah, what the hell? Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, uh, Georgia, Texas Mizzou. A&M, Tennessee, and Georgia and Missouri have all been canceled. The worst part about this is that the Corona Bros, man, they're just they're just in over their heads because if you think about it, I'm here. It's saying that it's just kind of contract tracing, man. It's just they're not even being tested positive, but because this dude might have been in that dorm or whatever. But it's just I don't know, man. I think when you see games getting canceled because of this, but then you see Trevor Lawrence on the field last week. You know, he can't play, but he's on the field on the sidelines with the mask on, taking yeah, it he off. Was, he was able to go on a plane with his teammates. Sick. I, I, that just blows my mind. I know that I know what they're doing. I know they're postponing. I know they're canceling these games so they save face so they won't, you know, catch any flack from the media. But I mean, Jesus Christ, these this contact stuff, you know, the whole offensive line for the Raiders, they got put on the freaking COVID-19 because they were hanging around with freaking Brown's ass, but then they all test negative like the day before the morning of, and they get to play. So I understand that they want to protect these 
let's let's be honest, 18 to 22 year old are kids, you know, but man, they're the ones that are least susceptible, you know, suspect to like actually come up. Yeah. But, but but they don't think about that. They're, like those numbers get thrown out the window when it comes to that. that like they are that the only thing is is that the, you know their you know reputation as a school as a program they don't care. They're gonna go ahead and postpone and cancel these games. You know at the drop of a hat when it comes to just one single case. But then again, you have Trevor Lawrence who tested positive, right? He was self isolating, I'm sure, after he tested positive, and then you know. Was he hang- was there any, you know, was he hanging around some of his players? Why didn't that game get postponed or canceled? You know? Yeah, who knows? Who really, really knows? I try to this is one of the reasons why it's been kind of hard to try to stick with all these games and kind of handicap them. You think that you got a game figured out, then it gets canceled you think that, you know, you, you, all of a sudden the, the the number one player in the country is not playing. And, you know, uh, shout out to my buddy that it's his birthday. that He actually came up big on that Notre Dame. I think that your brother as well was kind of in on that game or liked mm-hmm. it as well. They're actually number two ranked right now and laying 13 and a half going to Boston College and it could be a left down spot for them. There has been times that I have seen Notre Dame not perform as well as they could. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Are they dangling that hook in your face by saying if they just have to beat you by uh, two touchdowns? Two touchdowns. We know the yeah. we know that we know the the uniforms, the unis that Boston College is coming out with this week. <laughs> Those fire uh, paisleys for for all the <laughs> northeastern. <laughs> United States fans out there, but man, I mean, there's a couple games that are the Pac-12s back. Mike, I'm sure you'd like to uh, say something about that for your beloved, uh, tre- mo- uh, the for your beloved, you know, and your, then the, what what they play at 9 a.m. Your beloved Jesus, men of Troy. And Jesus Christ, what the hell was the thought process behind that? A Pac-12 game at 9 a.m. Well, I'm pretty Why? sure Why? If, you ask, if, you, if you ask Gavin Newsom, he would probably tell you that, you know, the the virus probably has less chances of spreading earlier in the morning in the Pacific Standard Time Zone it's because colder. you get the fog mm-hmm. that comes off the coast and it kind of blends in and it kind of causes as a blanket. So, you know, the virus doesn't get to circulate as much. So over there in, uh, in Southern California by Compton, you know, we got to keep everybody safe because we didn't really want an outbreak down in Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, there are some good games. Um, Oregon visits uh, Pullman, Washington against Washington State. Um, Wisconsin, Michigan this week too. Michigan's one and two. Um, you had Florida's oh, wow. been real good. If you want to touch on that game, Mike, Florida I, I, last I mean, week. The game, the games itself is like, I you know I don't know, but and but then here we got it. Texas A&M's five and one, but they're postponed. Like, do we even talk about these games, dude? And because the, the thing that I'm thinking of is what teams get into the playoffs at the end of the year. If Clemson and Notre Dame are going to play for an ACC championship, Notre Dame beats them again. Clemson's not in the playoffs. You know, are you going to put a, uh, a 10 and one Florida team? I'm sorry. Or, or a 10 and two Florida team who loses in the SEC championship? Probably not. You know, like I think Alabama's 
a lock to get in the playoffs. But, you know, do you take a 7-0 and USC team, 6-0 and in the Pac-12, and then they win the Pac-12 championship? Or do they get in the playoffs, the the 14 the playoff? I mean, this is crazy. Like, this would be the year to expand it to eight teams for sure. <laughs> I know that, right? I kind of like that you shed some light on that. It, that's definitely a, it actually with all the malarkey that's been going on this year and all the craziness, like why not to try it this year? Because think about it, Mike, we're obviously not going to be getting bowl games this year, right? So why wouldn't you just add a couple more playoff games, see how it works out, you know, going forward? Because I, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be, it's kind of maybe the Big Ten and the back pig. Sorry, maybe the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Big, sorry, fuck. Why does the Big Ten have only Big Ten, but they got like 14 fucking teams, dude? It's like, and then I got confused. I almost called the Pac-10 the Pac-10, dude. I'm living in the fucking good old Aaron Rodgers days. Yep. Why does the Big Ten and the Pac-12? start their seasons like so late you know what i mean mike they kind of set themselves up to kind of put themselves in this position with with if you have any type of game cancellation or you know that's why i kind of like how the acc sec kind of started earlier in the season because if you had cancellations you already had that time buffer to get some games in you know now the the big 10 yeah, with the especially with the Big Ten rules that you're out for like three weeks or something, some of your players. I mean, that. I mean, Wisconsin's played one game, <laughs> <laughs> and now they're favorites, and they're at number thirteen that, going into big Michigan. Yeah. You know, lay, laying what? Uh, what are they laying? I think four, four and a half on the road with the uh, Harbaugh. Yeah, four and a half on the road going into the Big House in Ann Arbor. You know, I don't know if. I don't think I, I doubt Michigan is allowing fans, but man, it's just it's it's just so hard to tell. But I, I'm with you. Alabama's definitely in, Mike. I can definitely see Clemson. You're not gonna lose to Notre Dame twice. I can guarantee you yeah. that. They'll have Lawrence back. It's hard to beat a team twice in a year, you know, and it's just uh yeah, I, I think that a couple of these games here are set up to you know, to make your brother kind of happy with uh, Notre Dame with that win, I think that they have a real, real good chance if they don't, you know, have that that hangover on one of these games coming up, especially this this week in, in BC. But I don't think BC is uh is strong enough to actually beat them. But I think that I think that you still got some teams here. Like like I said, BYU is a team that's really interesting. I know that they don't got, you know, the 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 repertoire or the or really the, you know, the 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 resume like some of these other teams, but they've been playing damn good, you know, football that I've and, seen. Dude, and, and I think they were one of the only schools on this side of the United States to actually start on time. No, they were definitely. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, they were. Yeah, because we actually we we got the Mountain West playing right now, Mike, if I'm not mistaken. You got uh, uh, San Jose, San Jose Spartans here in the Bay Area. Shout out to uh, still a Division One team. They are three and oh going up against UNLV this week at home, which I believe that they're going to win that as well. And I, that's kind of cool to see a, a smaller team. 
You know, they're 15 and a half point favorites going up against UNLV. Mikey, I told you UNLV is not uh, the UNLV that we have thought of that can even keep it close. I've never seen San Jose State giving up 16 points damn near to anybody, but this is what we're living with in 2020. So I think that, uh, that, I think that there's a, a lot of teams that have a chance. You got, you got SMU in 19, Florida. That's a team that's probably going to, at the end of the day, I can see Florida actually making it. You know, I can see Florida sneaking into that top four team, especially if they win the East and they compete. You know, they'll have what two and they'll have two losses, right? Because they did lose against A&M, which that is going to put a little blemish on their record. But sitting there at number six, I think that they still they're they, they still they're still in the catbird seat because I can see Alabama still mm-hmm. making it if they lose the title game, you know, to Florida. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, bro. Definitely. Definitely interesting if you're going to let a two-loss Florida team in over an undefeated Pac-12 team or, you know, a one-loss Texas A&M team. So I just think that it's so fluid right now that what Pac-12 was slated to play seven games. Six six plus a championship game. Okay, six plus the championship game. Cal's already down to five. I mean, how are you going to – if they if they lose – miss another one, what, you're going to put a team that even if they go undefeated, what, a 4-0 and plus a championship game, a 5-0 yeah, and no. team? I mean, yeah, I just can't see them doing it, to, to, yeah. to tell you the honest to God truth, yeah. man. So we'll – I mean, over the next few weeks, we'll get more into college football and just if we can see a more clear picture for the you know playoffs coming forward. And who knows what the schedule is going to look like. So, um, and to round out sports, let's get into some NFL for week 10, buddy. So, uh, before we get into any games, I saw this nice little stat. Did you know that coming into this week, the Eagles have a better percentage chance to win the division than the Pittsburgh Steelers? (laughs) I think I did hear that. (laughs) That's some just like crazy, like, dude, the NFC East is freaking trash. Just hot, (laughs) steaming garbage i mean but how do you allow how do you even allow your you know your or your your division to just become such garbage dude how they need to get rid of that that's 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 horseshit if the eagles win the division they get to host a playoff game screw that dude that i'd be so pissed if i was you know the rams or the cardinals or who's another team like the the buccaneers or saints you tell me the Buccaneers or Saints are going to have like four losses, get second place, and have to travel to Philly? <laughs> get out of here. The the team leading the division is the team leading the division is three, three four, four, and, four and one. one. <laughs> Fantastic. You got a team with a tie leading. When was the last? I mean, I wish we had some stats on that. When was the last time through nine games? Or through week nine, right? That you had a team with one tie leading the division. Yeah. Oh, I, I think maybe the last. I don't know if it was the last time, but I know there was a year where the Seattle Seahawks won the NFC West, and they were seven and nine. They were a game under five. They were they were under five hundred, and they won the division. I mean, and, it, it, 
If you actually look at the NFC, their divisions are kind of tight race. I mean, they got pretty good mm-hmm. divisional races in them besides this damn NFC East. I mean, they, I guess you could say the NFC East has a good division. It's, it's a tight, yeah. It's, it's hard garbage, like I said, but yeah, it's a tight race. Come on, dude. Two and seven, two and seven, two and six, three, four and one. So I mean, is there, so uh, what kind of games are you looking at this week? I'm kind of. I'm, I'm looking at this Browns game. The Browns at home against the Texans, they should be favored by more than three. What the hell? That seems kind of fishy to me. It's, you looks don't like, like it's it with 16. a two and six Houston team? Yeah. Against a five and three uh, Browns team? Yeah, the Browns are like three and one at home. The Texans can't win on the road. They have one win on the road, and they're only favored by three points. No, 60, wait, you might- 60 degrees and raining. If it's raining and sloppy, you might want to take the under 49, but. I don't know. For some reason, it seems like that the 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 odds makers have been giving Houston a lot of love this season. For some reason, they must be attracting a lot of money at the window. I don't know what it is, yeah. but I've I've kind of fell fool for them a couple times this season. Uh, they actually came up big for me once in that game when they fired the coach and they played Jacksonville at home, which was a big come up game. Yeah, they. I, I just feel like I don't know why they're so overvalued. It seems like week in and week out for some reason. I think mm-hmm. that, yeah, three points. But, I mean, if you were to ask me, I probably would have to take Cleveland. I don't know. What about you? I know it's fishy, but, man. Yes, no. I, just, I, I completely agree with you. There's some times where I'm like, it looks fishy, so I'm going to take the dog. But I, I think I would take Cleveland. I would think I would take Cleveland for sure. I think they're, they're they're overall the better team, and you know Houston's just not playing very well. I don't know. I mean, hey, JJ Watt is 100th sack last week. But don't I mean don't get it twisted. You got the, you, I mean you you might have the division online right here when you got the Philadelphia Eagles visiting MetLife Stadium in your New York Giant football team, man. What do you? <laughs> I mean, you talk about. I, 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 I don't know what to say about that game. I actually might kind of like the Giants in that game. I mean, oh, yeah? you saw them play tough against the Bucks. I think that the Giants defense is actually somewhat, somewhat, you know, promising at least. Or I mean, yeah. they're, they're not bad. I mean, the defense that New York got definitely isn't as horrible as people might think because of their record or whatnot. It, it, they they got injuries obviously with Barkley in the beginning of the season as well the uh the receiver wasn't there and uh but I mean with three and a half if you give me four I, that might be a game that I actually might like in the New York Giants it's a game that I it's gonna hurt the eyes to watch Mike it's really gonna hurt the eyes mm-hmm. but it might be something that can make you a little bit of money and that's what we're here about in the Comic Bookies podcast brother. What do you think about two of these uh, West Coast teams traveling east? Uh, you got the L.A. Chargers, two-and-a-half-point dogs visiting Miami, and you have the San Francisco 49ers, nine-and-a-half-point uh, dogs visiting the Voodoo Dome in New Orleans. Like, if you were to pick one, you know, is would you do you like both dogs? Do you like both favorites? I mean, Miami's Miami. I would probably take the two-and-a-half or give the two-and-a-half with Miami. You love that, huh? Why? I mean, the same thing that happened with, with with the Rams. They were getting obliterated, like 28 to 7. You know, they, they made it a game later, but I think Miami outright covered that game. Like, no, I can't. What's the weather, though? What's, what's the weather going to be in Miami? 
85 degrees and sunny, humid as hell. You think Herbert's really going to play like that when he used to, he's used to play in cold Oregon and in a beautiful L.A.? Yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry about that. 85 degrees and humid. And and the Saints are and, and the Saints after just completely dismantling the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week, um, are they going to continue that? Are are they going to continue the stride towards like winning the division over the the, the Buccaneers, or is it going to be one of those things where they're only favored by nine and a half because of that game, and the Niners are going to come in at, in, and at least keep it close? I don't know. The Niners just have too many freaking injuries for me. Yeah, that's definitely a tough game with the Niners and. Uh... I just that's a game that's a stay away for me because I don't want to take it with the Niners and it's kind of hard for me to lay it in the NFL with nine. But if I if you had to put gun to my head, I'd probably lay it with the Saints trying Mm -hmm. to uh, keep a stranglehold on the division and whatnot. They're currently, you know, they're currently leading it at six and two with one game up on the on the Buccaneers one game in hand. But I, I, that's who I would be looking at if I was to play this game. But there's obviously, I, I would say, better games on the board. Mike, is there? Uh, I mean, is you know, kind of, is there a game that you would you know put money on? Is there a game that you just kind of want to sit back and enjoy? As far as just sitting back and enjoying, I mean, tomorrow. I mean, comic bookie fans yeah. are going to hear are going to hear this on Saturday morning. They're going to hear it this weekend, and, and you know when they start their commute on Monday morning. But the Colts and Titans, we actually get a good on paper game on Thursday, bro. I do like that. I we're do at, like we're sitting at even money right now too, which is a divisional game. That's why, and mm-hmm. I think that you got to be worried about this game. You you definitely. Got to worry yourself about this game, even though Tennessee is leading the division. Uh, Indianapolis Colts with the 19 kid led uh, Philip Rivers is just one game, you know, pretty much one game behind, you know. So they they want to win this game just as much as Tennessee does. And the problem with this is that I see this line really low here at about a pick em. And I think that yeah. the public is prone to kind of jump all over this minus one. Yeah. I'll take Tennessee at home minus one, which is to me is, you know, it's kind of telling me like, I'd kind of want to do it. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. Do you trust Phillip rivers playing in Tennessee, you know, hostile environment? Cause I think that there are some fans in Tennessee. If, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Boy, Clay Travis has gone to all the home games so far this year. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. There has been some some fans in Tennessee. Obviously, that state, you know, that they're going to let them damn people watch football down there in the south and whatnot. Shout out to our southern fans out there. <laughs> but I think that Phillip Rivers, it's kind of hard to trust them, especially in a – I mean – in a non in a non in a home environment setting, but who, who's to say that anyone knows what home feels like in the NFL or any sports? You know, it's just yeah. every game, home, road, no fans, nothing doesn't really matter. I guess it's gonna be interesting to see how they bounce back with that. You know, they just totally got dismantled at home against Baltimore, so it's gonna be interesting to see how they bounce back and if they can go on the road and win. Um, if I, dude, I'm 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 gonna do it. But if I were to have like my one confident pick of the week, you know, the Raiders, they played well again. 
you know, they they played well enough to win. Derek Carr's having a close to, I put him top five, top six MVP voting right now. He's playing really well. He's playing with more confidence. He's throwing the ball down the field. He threw a dime to Nelson Aguilar for like a 45-yard touchdown last week. But man, it's a division game. I would take the Broncos plus five. I think it's going to be a field goal game on Sunday. Would you? Don't say mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. It, you know, it's it's not one of those things where I'm trying to put the juju on the other side where, you know what, I'm going to pick against the Raiders, and now they're going to kill by two touchdowns. No, I honestly think that it's it's going to be too close for comfort, and, and if the Raiders are going to be a playoff team, they have to win games like this. I actually looked ahead of the schedule, Mark. There's only two games on the – rest of the Raiders schedule where you would say on paper, okay, they probably could lose that game. And that's Indianapolis and Kansas city. The second time they have Denver twice. They have, um, the chargers again, they got the dolphins, they got the jets and they got the Falcons. So those are all games that they probably should win. But I think if, if they're going to slip up, if they're going to be one of those teams where they're going to have to like just fight for it at the end to make a playoff spot, you know, one of those last spots, it's going to be this one. I, I, I'm i calling a, a very, very close game and a freaking nail biter to the end. So would you be putting your money on them at 22 to one to win the AFC championship, Mike? Who, the Raiders? Yes. Yeah, I'll put a Suarez dollar on it. Okay. So if you're <laughs> looking a dollar to win 22, let me run down some of these lines for you, Mike, and these future odds boards. Who is your favorite for Super Bowl 55, Mike? Do you got any... Who do you think? There's um, two teams that you probably know. Yeah, I mean probably the Chiefs and the Steelers. 100%. Steelers just because they're 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 undefeated and but the Chiefs are you know they're they're a one loss team, um, and they're the defending champions. Let's be honest. So I'll give you some numbers real quick. Kansas City Chiefs about three three and a half to one right now. Pittsburgh Steelers. Let me go back into the Kansas City Chiefs. Don't get me wrong, they're three and a half to one. I don't see no damn value in that. Yes, they're good as hell. Yes, it's hard to win back-to-back Super Bowls, so I'll just leave it at that. Pittsburgh five to one. Uh, they're looking real good, but don't remember or don't forget it. it you don't want to peak too early in the season as well. I don't see much value in that, Mikey. New Orleans Saints seven to one. Uh, I think that Drew Brees is going to have to be a better shell of himself if he's going to try to compete for a Super Bowl. Don't know if in single digits, if I see too much value in that. The hey, there's Ravens my pick, at- though. There's my pick halfway through the season. Saints and Chiefs. So you OK, so the Saints are going to start picking it up. I can see that start playing football, better football at the right time, you know, kind of keep it mediocre. Baltimore Ravens, eight and a half to one, not putting my money on them. Tampa Bay Bucks, that's probably the next team closest that I would put my money on, eight and a half to one. Seahawks, nine nine to one. Packers, nine and a half to one. The Bills at 16 to one. That's a big jump right there, Mike. That's a big jump from Green Bay to Buffalo. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can see myself putting my money on any other team past uh, that Green Bay or that Tennessee tight. Actually, you know what? Tennessee, they went there last year. They got the fight. If they can kind of keep it together and kind of, you know, I don't know if they're going to be able to do what they did last year. That's kind of going to be kind of hard, but I can kind of see them uh, at 22 to one being somewhat of a value play as well. We'll see yeah. how they do tomorrow. Like you said, 
I mean, I like Seattle, but I hate their defense, though. They're giving exactly. up the most. They're, they're giving up the most passing yards, uh, you know, more than any team, and that's why Patrick Mahomes is on a bye this week. I picked up Mr. Jared Goff for my bye week fantasy quarterback. So, go Rams at home against the Seahawks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I already gave my pick. So, is there a pick or two that you would like to give to the fans that you'd put your hard-earned money on for this Sunday? This week. For the fans that are waking up, listening to this, the lucky fans that get your the comic bookie mark lock of the week. I hate to say that word lock because it's such a <laughs> dumb word to say in the gambling especially, world. Especially, so. well, especially this year, too, 2020. Right. So hard to know who's doing what and who's staying with what. But, you know, I'd have to. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm going to, there's a couple of lines here that I'm telling you, I like those New York giants. If you can get it at four, I'd say, take that. And Mikey, I'm going to have to go here with the Los Angeles Chargers, man. It's going to, it's, it's going to be hard okay. to do, but they are dirty dogs. They have been getting beaten, beater, beaten and battered. By many teams, including your and ours, uh, Oakland. So, so damn. <laughs> yeah, I, including yours and ours, LV Raiders. It's so hard to say that. But, uh, yeah, I think that they go down into Miami. This line, speaking of fishy, looks in a little, is looking a little bit fishy to me. So, I'll take the charges, man. It's going to be so hard to do it, but... I think that line, if you like it, wait until the morning because I think it's going to keep going higher, man. It's going to go to Los Angeles probably three, three and a half. So stick with it. Take okay. the take the Chargers. All righty. Well, that does it for uh, the NFL. That does it for sports. And before we round out this episode 88 of the Comic Bookies podcast, we have everyone's favorite segment today in Comic Bookies history. So we have Wednesday, today, November 11th, one 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 one. Mark, I don't know uh, don't know if you're a Lord of the Rings fan or not, but in 1954 today, the publication of Two Towers, that's the second Lord of the Rings book, comes out in London, England. Oh, that one's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 1946, the New York Knicks play their first game at Madison Square Garden, and they lose 78-68 to the Chicago Stags. Not yet the, the Bulls. Stag. Mm-hmm. In the year 2000, 100. And this is this is sad. What's a stag, bro? A stag is just another word for like a like I think it's like a male deer. Oh. Uh, like, you know, yeah. So, uh, 2000. Uh, in the year 2000, the turn of the century, 155 skiers and snowboarders die when a funicular railway catches fire in an alpine tunnel near Caprun, Austria. So sorry to get kind of uh you know down and dire, but that happened. And this was actually a really cool stat, kind of reminds me of Deion Sanders, but in soccer, in European soccer. 1987, footballer striker Mark Hughes. He's from Wales, and he also played for Bayern Munich. In one day, he appears for Wales in a 2-0 Champions League loss to Czechoslovakia in Prague. And then he jets to Munich for a 3-2 win, I think in probably the German league, against Borussia Dortmund. So he plays two games in one day. I thought that was pretty cool, like like a nice little stat thing. And we have no deaths this week. But today, happy birthdays to Miss G.I. Jane herself. Demi Moore turns 58. Leonardo DiCaprio, our favorite meme going out, (laughs) going around right now. Leo turns 46. Leo Leo, uh, turns 46 today. Uh, One of my favorite 
players to play with in the old NHL hockey games, but Steve Konowalczyk turns 48 years old. And I wish Sean was here, but Mark, you may know this guy. He's a Portuguese football player, um, well, soccer player. Manish, like, am I saying that correctly? Manish? 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 Do you know who that is? No, elaborate. No, I don't know who he is, but he turns 43 years old today. Oh, yeah, I don't know who the hell it is, but but he turns 43 years old today. So that is uh, a day in comic bookies history. And that is it for us, for me and Mark in episode 88. Mark, let me, let, t- let me t- add something. That, let ahead. me add something real quick, Mike, to all you damn to all, to all you damn uh, to all you damn fans that are getting PS5 or Xbox or whatnot. Mike just mentioned it. Don't sleep on those hockey games, baby. Oh, those are my sleep. those are my frick those are my favorite back Don't in the day, bro. Sleep on hockey games, because <laughs> I've had I've had a lot of fun with some hockey games on some consoles back in my day. So one graphics. of my favorite, yeah, one of my favorite features I think was like NHL 2003. They um they unleashed the like breakaway cam. So if you got the breakaway, they they would uh-huh. kind of like zoom in on you and you would hear a heartbeat like doom 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 doom. And then you would do your move and whatever, and yeah, it was, it was that was a cool that was a cool ass feature for sure. I love it, hockey so, games, yeah, the best. So, so send us away for episode eighty eight, brother. Definitely episode eighty eight. We're inching closer to the nineties. One of my favorite uh, eras in my life. Uh, don't want to give away my age, but I always seem to do in this podcast. Eighty nine next week. Gonna keep bringing it. Uh, Sean, he's resting up a little bit. Uh, got a lot of stuff on his plate, but he'll be back again next week with us. Yeah, check us out. Like we always say it, like we always do with this time. Uh, uh, not nah, for real though. Check us out at the Comic Bookies on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, pretty much on everything at the Comic Bookies at gmail.com for all your. Uh, emailing needs. If you guys got to book us, uh, we got uh, people just ready to take your guys's booking needs. But uh, if you got, <laughs> but nonetheless, let us know, man. We say it all the time. Uh, books that you want us to read, books that you guys want us to subscribe to, books that you want us to, you know, maybe review. Like we always mention, uh, Sean, Mike, myself, we read all different types of books, all different types of publishers. You got three different minds that are all into three different types of stories. So let us know if we're not talking about something that you don't want that you want us to talk about. Tell us in the comments. Let us know. Write us a review. Those five stars go a long way for the algorithm. So let us know, man. And check out YouTube. Mike doing a great job. The only one to post so far. Uh my face uh, is staying uh, um, not uh, – my face is staying uh, kind of under wraps right now, but I'll be on there. Uh, thank you, Mike, for doing such a great job, and thank you, fans, for doing such a great job and getting us to 300-plus uh, downloads uh, a month. You know, we, we strive to hit new uh, endeavors as we can as we try to with our busy schedules and Mike can allude more to that, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody stay safe. You guys are the best comic bookies. We got the best fans in the world. Let's go, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, Mark. Well, uh, again, we are brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Uh, this has been episode 88. Uh, just a quick little thing. Everyone, please go and enjoy the Masters, which starts tomorrow. We, you know, it's kind of weird getting it in November and not in April, but we'll go ahead and kind of recap it next week. But for Mark and for Sean, who will be back next week, 
This is Mike. This is the Comic Bookies Podcast. Enjoy the sports, enjoy the comics, and enjoy each other. Peace out. See you all next week. Always enjoy each other. A tradition like none other. Comic Bookies Podcast. On the back fairway. On Amon Corner. Hello, friends. Just- <laughs> Thank you. We love you, Comic Bookies. You guys rock. Peace.